plus minus. Curry, way Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to a new episode of Warriors Plus Minus. It is preseason still, but it does not feel like it. It feels like every three days we get some massive update, all stemming from the Draymond Green punch of Jordan Poole. And the recent one is Draymond is back as of tomorrow. Today is a scheduled off day, but tomorrow he will be back. And as you would have it, we are all here just like we were all there last night. Tim Kawakami, Anthony Slater joins me. Tim. You pointed out one of the great ironies of that whole thing last night, where it's like, this is the worst crises in all of sports crises. This is bad. And we're not going to levy the worst punishment, though. <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to suspend them. It was odd, wasn't it? <laughs> it's odd. And, uh, I mean, listen, people are arguing about it, and they're always going to argue. I understand the point. It's like, oh, yeah, you can't. They're separate things. And Durant and Draymond even said it wasn't the right thing last time. But... It's still standards. It's still lines you're drawing. And if you're saying Draymond punching Jordan Poole, which I think we can all agree is worse than anything else he's done, maybe except for the point when he wanted to fight Steve Kerr when Steve Kerr was just coming back from his back problem. But anyway, and you suspend him for the, for the Durant thing, you don't suspend him for this. There's, it's a sign at least to say there's some weird things going on. There is not a standard that they've upheld. They don't have a standard. You can say things should evolve and everything shouldn't be exactly the same. But if you're saying this is such a terrible thing, this is such a breach, this is a you know betrayal of trust, the worst crisis that the team's ever gone through, and we're going to do less to him than we've done in the past. It's worth pointing out. I pointed it out. Don't know that Steve had a great answer for that, but I think they know just when he implicitly says, you know, Bob and I, maybe we've made some mistakes in the past. I think they're saying maybe either the suspension for the Durant thing was a mistake or not suspending him immediately this time. I think that's where the, the error came. Maybe they were just so stunned for the first few days. They could have suspended him right away. Two games. Boom. That's it. You strike up teammate, two games. And they didn't. And then as the delay happened, they couldn't do more. But it's a dramatic difference between the way, the way they handled the Durant thing, boom, right? Well, that was the next day. One game suspension, boom. This, no suspension, think about it, think about it. No suspension, it's the worst crisis ever. Those things don't really add up. But I, I think the difference is it's preseason. Yeah, sus- suspend him is a thing. It's a symbol, though. It's a symbol. Nah, I see what but, you're saying. But, but like, you can do that in the, in, the, in the middle of a season. They have this, if they suspended him for the two preseason games, right? For two, well, he missed what? Two preseason games? Two preseason games. He missed a week. What's your... Marcus, what you're saying is like if they said, hey, Draymond, stay away from the team for a week and it was the regular season, you're missing like three to four games. So you kind of are suspended while you take this time. I just wrote a column I think he's going to post pretty soon is that he basically Draymond suspended himself or was mutual suspension. And I and again, I'm not saying anything's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's inconsistent. But also, this is just how you ha- you, know, you kind of manage the end of a marriage. I'm going to say it. It's the end of a marriage. It's tense. There's a lot of, you know, it was really good for a while, but they're staying together just for one more year while the kids grow up and get out of school, go to school. Like, it's just, that's what this is. How could they best manage it? This is the compromise they made. 
Are the kids in this scenario what Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman? Moody Wiseman, like they got to stick one more year to get them up to speed, and then they can send them all out. But when they're not, listen, then they're going to college this you, year, right? They're all like guys, Yeah, I'll ask you both these guys. If Jonathan Kaminga was playing great right now, and they could imagine him being a very good starting power forward, would they have handled this different? Depends on how good, because I do think what matters here is the idea that they're title contenders, and without Draymond Green, they are not, and. You know, I think that was key in Steve Kerr's statement last night, which was like, you know, he basically said, you can criticize. It's fair. Go ahead and criticize. But I think their belief is the best way for them to reconvene and become a winning team, which is his main goal to win a title this year when that's on the table, is this decision. Even though I I think he even understands it's it's not a good look. But they're doing it for two reasons, I think. Because they want to win, number one. And two, the players clearly prefer it this way. The players have handled most of this process. The players have been very active behind the scene, particularly we all know Steph, Kavon Looney, Andre Iguodala, and the big one, which he mentioned last night, Jordan Poole has okayed this. Jordan Poole and Draymond Green sat together in a room at some point. Jordan Poole has messaged to them that he can play with Draymond Green again. He can be in the same lineup on the same court with him. In practice with him. Yeah, he can be getting paid more money than him, too, probably coming up, which might be key. We all expect at this point an extension coming at some point in the next four or five days or so. But I thought it was important that Steve did mention last night, like, go ahead and criticize it. It's probably rightful in this situation, but we're trying to win a title, essentially. That's how I read it. See, here's what they should have said, right? Let me take it to a another level. They should have used the whole reparations argument. Right. There are people who believe that African-Americans deserve reparations for what happened in slavery. But some people are like, nah, man, keep your reparations. And you know why, Tim? Because the moment the money is handed out, people are going to be like, all right, you can't complain anymore. You're done. Wash your hands of it. We have paid our fine. If I'm them, I'm saying, hey, a suspension don't do this. This is bigger than that. Like, so we ain't going to suspend you for two games, five games. You'd be like, all right, I paid my fine. That's over. It's a greater thing he's got to overcome. You can't just be like, yo, I paid my fine. I washed my heads a bit. You can't bring it up anymore. This is over. This is old. It's more like, nah, forget the suspension. That's that's too light. You got to earn our trust back. That's the greater burden. And if you do that, you can't do that in a week, right? We can't. You can't wash your hands of that in a week. Because remember the Draymond thing with KD got suspended. Mr. Atlanta game came back. I mean, it was still awkward, but you know. Well, and and Draymond was upset at the time. He was like, "Man, you know, like this organization, this like he was still kind of upset about the situation." I expect first week of the season, Draymond Green to be like fired up on the bench, like clapping, like, great, take a charge there. Yeah, that away, young guy. You know, I think he's going to be, we all know like the different moods of Draymond Green. I think this is going to be like leadership over the top. I don't know if that works though now. I'm not saying it works, but it's not bad for them that he's going to be like incredibly engaged. I'll just say when you when you keep bending over backwards for something, and I get while they're doing, I completely agree with Slater that they do not win a championship without him. They did. They certainly don't win last year's championship without him. And that was four months ago. But let's put that again. Let's spin it forward. It was just four months ago. They were in the greatest mo- place. Were they in the best mood they've ever been in? In the history I mean, of the dynasty. probably outside of 2015 yeah. is yeah, the only. Like, this was like, look at we've done. This is incredible. We're going to go down in history where the old guys still could do it. And look at all they got these young guys coming up. Andrew Wiggins, we saved his career. And for Draymond to do this right after that 
with the contract coming up, I don't know that they could ever trust him again. We'll see that trust it, you know thing comes up. But I get why they're doing it. I understand. We don't suspend them, suspend them, whatever you do. There's so much ground to cover, and I don't think they can do it. And I think they're basically acknowledging it. Like they're, we couldn't do it in a week. It took them a week. They were this franchise was shook. I don't think there's a question about it. From Steve Kerr's pressers to the, you know what Steph has said, other players. We don't even talk. Haven't talked to Jordan. This franchise, four months after its greatest moment, to be this shook, to take this long to come out with a coherent response to this, tells you how deep this goes. And how I think any kind of agreement, any, you know, coming together, it's temporary because this could shatter again. Because if you can't keep it together after the greatest moment in the franchise history, then you probably can't keep it together going into the future. That moment was over, though, right? Like, but the, well, so what? I mean, what are they going to do when they don't win a championship? Like, what's Draymond going to do then? What's the response going to be then? I mean, again, I'm all for the real world stuff. Absolutely. But. Man, I mean, if there was a time where Draymond was going to be on his best behavior, it was going to be with a contract coming up and four months after winning a championship. I would have imagined. I don't know. The championship might embolge you. I do think the contract would be like, you know, the contract should have been, you would think would be the part that makes him say, I'm going to be on my best behavior. But the championship, Draymond winning that championship probably made him as bold as ever. But I don't think any of that had anything to do with what he did. I feel like. This is a little bit different. That's the problem. Is that you just never know what's going to come from him. You just never, The context never matters with him. That's where there's the immense, immense breach of trust. He's 32 years old. He's not a kid. So what's to stop him from doing something like this in two months, in four months, in eight months? I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything. Regardless of, of his motive of why it happened, he, he does not have leverage in his contract situation anymore. And... Like the Warriors are not happy they went through this, obviously, especially with you know their their young guard having to to really go through this. If there's a silver lining, <laughs> they have a, a public out in a lot of ways. Where if this Draymond Green marriage breaks up, as as you know Tim mentioned, it kind of feels like the end of a marriage. The court of public opinion has swayed way more towards this their way than we ever thought it would. Like I always thought, whenever the Draymond Green, if it does break up with the Warriors, like. Fan base is going to be upset. Star players are going to be upset. There's going to be the justification is going to be bad. They're pivoting to a new era that we all think they're not ready for. But now it's like they can kind of shrug their shoulders. And, you know, either they get them maybe potentially on like a cheap deal moving forward because reconciliation happens or a breakup happens. And everyone across the league, everyone around, you know, the country's like, eh, we understand. The question now is like everybody's done their part to like get this thing back on track. And even if, you know, you don't agree with how they did it or what the end result is of like no suspension, but like obviously Bob and Steve has done a bunch of work. Steph has done a bunch of work. Looney, obviously Jordan Poole had to do a certain point and now it's on Draymond. Can he go essentially a whole season on his best behavior is like the question out of respect for him and what he means to them and what he's done. They're clearly like, all right, we're going to give you another shot. Like we're going to we're going to give you the opportunity to reclaim what what you deserve, what you formerly deserve. Right. What you may have lost. The question is, can he do it now? And like, Tim, you've brought it up a couple of times. Like if you get to a moment where he's like, I don't think I can do this or I don't think I want to do this or this is too this is too punitive. I got to walk on eggshells, you know, whatever. He just be like, yeah, nah. 
I'm I'm a bounce. <laughs> like let's go. But they believe clearly this is possible for him to do, right? I mean, they believe it. The question is like how long and, and the difficult part about this is like if he's good for a month, that don't do the trick. Right? If he's good for two months, it don't do the trick. You have to kind of go pretty flawless because if in four months he has a blow up, it'll be like, see, this is what we said you couldn't do, right? Even if the four months were a great behavior. So the question becomes, can he pull this off? Slater, you think he can pull this off? You think you think you get a season of good Draymond? If he's healthy and playing well and they're playing well, I think he can in some ways fake his way through it from a you know behavior standpoint. And the only way for him to gain more leverage is not only you know, contract-wise, future from, from the Warriors or elsewhere is not only obviously behave well, but play really well and win and show, like, look, y'all can't win without me. And the reason why you're bringing me back into the fold is the correct reason. I win games. I get money for franchises by producing in ways that talented young players like Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman, who, by the way, you know, in, in different ways look good in the preseason. And we really should get to the game because I had people in my comment section last night all upset that I, we're talking, Draymond, because... Did you see that game last night? Yeah, I don't care what they say. We're not going crazy over a preseason game. Preseason game. Oh, no, yeah. I know. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Yeah, I, I do. Know, like, I, I wrote something about Wiseman. The Wiseman did look good, which does, I think, relate to this Draymond conversation. Like, I'm spinning it forwards, like, or spin it backwards and spin it forward. Hey, what what happened in Game Four of the NBA Finals? Draymond Green got pulled in the in in, in the fourth in the fourth quarter for a big chunk. By the way, for a player who seems like he has more veteran cachet in the locker room right now, Kevon Looney. I don't know. Exactly. And like what happens if that in, in a big game, in a playoff game, and it's Kaminga getting those minutes, or Draymond thinks it might be, or like these are all, these are tip, they've been on tiptoes around Draymond for, for good reason, because Draymond's great. I was about to say, the problem with that is they literally had to put him back in to win the yes. game, right? No like, question. No question. <laughs> and, the rest of, and, and the rest of the series. I'm just saying, Think of that moment if that happens again. Think of that like Draymond's not playing great, and we could all—he was playing good in the playoffs until that and that series, and all of a sudden he was having trouble against Tatum and, and all the rest. And we understand Robert Williams, but that could happen as he gets older. It could happen even more. It could just be better for him not to play certain key stretches. And what happens then? I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm saying it could be. Like they're gonna go one more year. He's not getting an extension. And Jordan is getting an extension. And if he doesn't like it, too bad. I think he understands that at this point. He might not be with the team after this year. They're going through this season. I get all of that. There's a pragmatic part to this. But we can also point out that it, by being pragmatic, they're not quite upholding some of the ideals that they talk about. That's fine. You, the Bulls had to, had to do the same stuff. All the great teams have to go through things. The Bulls would live with Rodman, right? I mean, the, that happens. And Draymond's done a million times more for this franchise than Robin did for the Bulls. But I think it's a one-year thing. I really do. I mean, again, that could change. If he's incredible and they're freaking, you know, on the fifth championship, and that could change. But you just look at the dollars. You look at the makeup of this roster. You look at the fatigue of dealing with Draymond as this is all coming up. I think this is a one-year compromise. That's what I really feel. I wrote that. I wrote about, like, Kevon Looney the leadership like he's picked up the massive role he's kind of played in this and it makes you just think about at some point you'll get Draymond back I do feel like Draymond 
the better for him, the faster he can become a leader again. Because no matter what you say about Draymond, he relishes that. He loves being a leader and a mentor, and that's a big part of what he does. So I feel like the faster he gets back to that, uh, the better off he'll be. But it does make you think about the rest of this roster and whether they have, you know, and we already thought these old these older players would kind of take some time off and stuff. You're looking at some of these guys. It's like you know they got a lot of pieces, man. They got a lot of pieces. Dante Dante Divincenzo runs point last night, which to me is one of the kind of big revelations of the preseason that nobody's paying attention to. Is that they now have a guy who can run point and move Jordan Poole off the ball in the same way they do Steph when Steph's not in the game. These pieces are starting to matter. Like you said, Wiseman playing well is a significant thing. Like they could play five guys and they could rest guys and they could not have it. But the the increased roles, we're starting to see it play out. But to me, Dante DiVincenzo has been like the biggest one. His ability to run point allows them to not overextend Andre Godala early, allows them to move, pull off the ball, or it allows them to do situations like last night where Steph rests, pool starts at point, and Dante is the backup point guard. That's one of the big deals of, of, of what we've seen so far. This is with Clay out, by the way. So this is Jordan could just play with Steph, right? Maybe you can just put Jordan in that. I mean, we'll see when Clay comes back and what minutes is. But it's always been, oh my God, you need that other guy when Steph doesn't play. Maybe you can fake it with Defense Incho and, and Moody and some other people. That's pretty important. They, they do have a lot of guys. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The other guy, as Slater, you talked about Wiseman. I feel like they're a little bit tempered about raving about Wiseman. <laughs> I mean, we all should be, right? But he looks like very composed out there, much more. And, you know, I was talking to him a little bit about it last night, but there were several plays. They're very simple plays. But if he got a ball in the mid post as a rookie, he was like, oh, my God, I have it. I need to find my shot right now. Like, you know, how do I do it? Okay, I'm going to go to this move, that move. Like, got to get a shot up. Maybe it's a short jumper right away. Last night, he's catching it. He's allowing the split action to happen. And then he's hitting Moses Moody, who hits a three. He catches it in the post. He lets some action move around him. Jermichael Green cuts. He hit nice little simple bounce pass, Jermichael Green dunk. And it was like he never, like, patiently waited for the action to, you know, manipulate around him before making a pass as a rookie. So that's interesting. And then, I mean, have you seen him like take a bad shot? Have you seen him get the rebound and run up court, do a couple round of back moves? (laughs) (laughs) Oops, wait a minute. Ball's out of bounds now. Oops. The future's coming. Now, you know, we can all say it's not going to be as good as it was. It's not. This is a once in a lifetime situation that, that is still happening in some extent, but they got talent. I mean, they, they just got, 
thing, you know, interesting players who are growing, who are getting better. They're not quite ready yet, but you know, we all know what they think about Wiseman. They still think about Wiseman all this time. And if he, yeah, the patience, the, the poise, the weight for is just what Slater's describing. Don't get all of a sudden like I got to take three dribbles on the post and back into my guy, and I'll wait a minute, bounces off my leg. Like he's going to be an important player. Yeah, he's season. getting follow dunks. I don't remember a follow dunk in his rookie year. I I remember a lot of missed follow dunks. I think he like but like he's he, he's finding the open Looney spot like, Looney, when somebody Looney, else like, shoots. I, yeah, I, I yeah, just man. thought like, is that Looney? No, wait a minute. That's he's not playing. That was I mean, that, and that's when he talks about watching Looney, watching Looney. The, all the little tricks and little angles that Looney plays. If Wiseman can just do twenty percent of that instead of zero percent. Like they're gonna play him. Like right, they are going to play him. Now everything else, a lot of this, I was wondering if Kerr would just play Jamichael Green at center as backup center, but he's not. It's gonna be Wiseman. You mean the three point shooter, Jamichael Green? Yeah, that was something. Huh? That was something. The other thing we must continue to remember with James Wiseman is the last time he played for the Warriors, he was playing next to Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore. You know the guys that were just horrible for his development how many times did we see his rookie year no he's running down the court with the two hands in the air like i'm open and Ubre's like get into my bag baby <laughs> i mean divincenzo had 10 assists and took like what two three shots last night i don't think he made he didn't make a bucket but he was just yeah, distributing free throws is it he hits him on two pick and rolls in the first few minutes so it's clearly like his motive going into the game like i'm getting wiseman going early uh, and he's going to be paired with DiVincenzo in the second unit. And also, we didn't see it last night, but the pool stuff, I mean, he's going to be playing a bunch with pool. Like, this is a really good environment for him to score a lot in ways that he'll be very efficient. Again, 8 of 10 last night very easily. And he at least looks like he's willing to play the type of role where it's like, I'm only going to take these efficient shots. This is why the marriage stays together, you know. You need one more year of him in a, in a happy home, you know, before, before he heads off to college. Oh, uh, yes. Now my call is posted, by the way, so everyone can go read it. You know, uh, you know, Slater, what was interesting about what you said is you got to talk to Wiseman. One of the things that, you know, is like, you know, we're back in the locker room again, obviously. Like, talking to Wiseman, you kind of project what he was like before we got to, like, talk to him. But he just feels more comfortable in his own skin, right? He feels more like, and maybe he was before, and all we got was the jittery guy at the press conference, right? Like, but he just seems so much more like chill and relaxed. I thought we walked, we walk in that locker room before the game, and he'd be, I'm getting the hell out of here, and he just sat around a little bit, and I even asked, like, you getting used to uh, seeing the media, and he goes, that's eh, kind of different, but he didn't seem, you know, overly worried about it, and that's good, you know, you you want poise and you want confidence. Uh, and just kind of like weigh it all in. Okay, now, like, what does Looney do? He just w- lets it all happen, surveys the scene, and then finds the right spot. And Wiseman is years away from Looney level, but just a little bit of that. Just be calm, be calm. And, and you know, we understand why Wiseman hasn't been calm. He's a ridiculously turbulent college, you know, four games and all, everything, eligibility issues. And then drafted second and then gets you know in the pandemic and doesn't have a training camp and and that crazy rookie season and then gets hurt and doesn't come back at second season if you could just kind of like just do what the warriors did with the whole draymond thing it's like just take a deep breath like okay this is just what i gotta do it's all fine nothing's at a you know breakneck pace let's just do it Uh, i am waiting for them to pick up the fourth year option by the way fellas and that hasn't happened yet but i assume it's gonna happen 
I mean, this is just their history with all their guys. They They'll just wait, wait. Till the date. They yeah. won't announce it till a press release won't come until October 30th or whatever it is. Yeah, because it's the 31st. It's not like the start of the season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Other other guys are getting their options picked up. I know we all know they are, but it's just like at some point you can do this, guys. You can, you can just go ahead and do it. They always wait till the last date just in case it gets. Not to say something catastrophic is going to happen in the ten days, but I guess maybe they just. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll just say this: all indications they're going are, to. <laughs> yes. Well, he will be it, picked yeah. up, and you know, like Kaminga's third year hasn't technically been picked up. Moses Moody's third year hasn't been picked up. Those will all be picked up. The biggest like. News out of the gate. Slater's going to break this news right now live on Warriors Plus Minus. Uh-oh, I didn't know I was going to be doing that. Pat Spencer's getting a roster spot. Let's go. I did write in my, in my post-game <laughs> yeah, look story that he has a legitimate shot at a two-way spot. I mean, look, if you're just looking pecking order of preseason, Pat Spencer's getting first half minutes and looking pretty good. Keones, who ha- you know has a, I would say, tenuous hold on one of the two-way spots, is not getting into like mid-late second half. They like Pat. Hey, he's good, he dude. Do, he like, do stuff. He can do stuff. He's a Steve Kerr player too. How many backdoor cuts <laughs> did he have last night? Quick passes. He had one play where he was like, he got it in transition, hit it ahead. Somebody hit it back to him, and it was quick catch, like swing to the corner, and somebody hit a three. And Portland called a timeout, and Steve Kerr was like. Yes, <laughs> and he pointed right at Pat Spencer. He's like, exactly what I want. Like it was like the bald movie. Is he type Judd Bushler or what? Curse Judd Bushler didn't have that wiggle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Judd Bushler had hops. Judd Bushler had a hops, by the way. He did. But, he did. But no, can they keep Witherspoon and Spencer as their two? I say they get. They need a guard, right? They got to have a point guard. I mean, Dante Divincenzo looks like a point to me, right? Yeah, he's basically the. He's basically a point guard in this. I office. know what you're saying, Tim, but like. What have we seen out of lesser Keones? No, like, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that's where Ty Jerome. But like he wasn't a point guard either, yeah. right? Lester, no, I mean yeah. somebody who might be actually more of a point guard than Ty Jerome. I just think when it comes down to it, and you are not playing Steph for a game, you do not. I mean, I, I've said this all last season, and they never did it. I guess uh, they did Gioza, but like you kind of just need one other guy who Ryan Rollins. That's yeah, the other guy. Maybe, yeah, Ryan yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ryan Rollins. The one thing. The front office is always stressed to me is like, keep good basketball players. Like, you know, you can want to keep a guard, but if you, if Pat Spencer's playing way better than the guard, like, if you say who's a, who's a, yeah, who's worth it, what's the value? Pat Spencer is one of their top 17 players on in the preseason. There's no question. It's a, which is a credit to him. It's a credit to, you know, his ability. He can jump too. Like, he's not like just a slow runner. He's a guy can jump. He's, he can shoot. Uh, yeah, I, I like him. I mean, he's going to be in the league in, in some form or fashion. I, mean, I don't know if it's going to be with them, but uh, Lester Cunyono. Actually, I was going to say Cunyono's had one of his better games later. Like he, he actually did, did he stuff did, in this did. game. Now I don't know. If he did stuff like you go, okay, that's the guy you want as the third point guard. But he did stuff like he's long. He can play some defense. You know, maybe that's enough. Uh, you know, again, this is not a position they valued very highly. This extra point guard thing. They look good last night. Again, preseason. No Damian Lillard. How bad did Portland pretty, look? Oh, horrible, horrible. God, that's so bad. They had four of their five starters like playing. Like Lillard wasn't, but the other rest of the lineup was. There were Warriors people who were hey, listen, talking uh, about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. They were. They were. And listen, uh, Gary Payton got his money, but <laughs> oh, man. Like, I don't know what they were doing there. He's got a lot of defensive uh you know, holes he's going to have to plug in about uh, whenever he comes back. Because, man. Yeah, the other thing about Spencer, they, like, love the lacrosse background. I mean, Steve mentioned it in his press. I mean, but we're talking about this guy was, like, a lacrosse, like, yeah. legend. Superstar. Like, yeah, superstar. Yeah, superstar. Yeah, superstar. Yeah, superstar. Yeah. 
And Steve is like, not only is he, has he mentioned it in a press conference, but I've heard like behind the scenes, he's like very like inquisitive of Pat Spencer about his like lacrosse background. It's it's the type of player and personality and I guess the diversities of backgrounds that I think intrigues him enough to I really wouldn't be surprised if he's on a two way. I'd be disappointed if he wasn't, to be honest, like the dude can play and he kind of he fits and like you look at. Like how they brought guys along, like Damian Lee, uh, Juan Toscano, and JTA. Right? I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Like, like he fits in that mold. Like you could see him on the end of the bench. You could see him. Like he's a like a a young player in a sense. He doesn't have experience, but you can't be on this Warriors team like young and just kind of stand to the side. Even if you like are young, you still kind of got to be in the mix. Like even GP too, like he walked in, he was in the mix. Oh, like, yeah. oh, you got well, he's twenty nine years. He was twenty nine. Yeah, he's older. Too. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. I feel like Pat, because of his the cross background, because like there's just more about him that he's just comfortable stepping in to this team than what you've seen. Like even even Quindary, right? Like you kind of want him to be more like, yeah, man, I'm I'm in here, right? I'm I'm part of it, like like other guys do. To me, those guys really kind of stand out and you probably especially need it now more than than anything right you need that 15th guy you need everybody in that sense so to me he just fits you see him in the locker room and like they just vibe he's with 26 him. by the way he's 26 yeah he's not old. a young okay. guy yeah yeah, yeah. It, it does fit like what they like at the end of, end of a bench they like that scrappiness they like I'm ready no matter what. I might sit for 27 straight games, but then for the 28th, I'll give you 14 interesting minutes. You're convincing me. I mean, it's it's the second two-way spot. Yeah, Can you it, see it, him, like, coming off the bench celebrating? Like, he's not playing, but he's still in it, right? He's a, he's in it. They like him. He likes them. I would guess Witherspoon's getting one of the two ways, and it's Ty Jerome or... You know, or Spencer. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, and, like, yeah, I would say, yeah, Spencer over Quinones, even though Quinones theoretically has a spot right now. Uh, but they, that's the feel. You're like, they like that energy. They like, they could, you could fake him as a big, you could play him as a wing, you could, like, they could do different things with him on a night when everybody's off. And by the way, you know, if Clay may or may not be back, you know, he's, if he, Andre, I don't know when he's going to play. You know, Kerr announced last night that, that Andre's not playing in the opener in probably, you know, I'd imagine a couple weeks. Like, they got a lot of players, but they're going to be down some players to start the season. You kind of want players who can you can play. Like, they're go- there's going to be a time when some of these guys, the two-way guys for sure, are going to be active for stretches at a time. I should update with Clay. He scrimmaged with the main guys uh, yesterday morning. Sounds like they're going to put him in a preseason game Friday, and he and he will play at the opener. So that is good. Clay was a, in a real good mood. I don't know if you guys were in there right at the bat. He was in a great mood uh, as we were walking in the locker room last night. Like I was asking me all about 49ers because he had just been to the game a couple weeks ago. He was just asking me what I thought about the 49ers. Like, normally you don't have that. Like, you walk in and Clay's not sitting around like wanting to talk, and he wanted to talk last night. So I knew something good was going on with him. Like, he felt good last night. Clay's become chatty, I would say, over the last few years. As he's matured and grown. Well, is there, has anything happened to like change how he would give him, operate? Give him a little yeah. the outlook. Give him outlook on life. <laughs> yeah. As far as 
the preseason game goes, Jermichael Green looks really good. 20 minutes or 20 points. Kerr's 20 minutes playing Jermichael Green. He's going to play him a lot. That's There's such no a Kerr dude, right? No, no. <laughs> I don't see last night, too. A couple putback dunks. Like, he's going to be tough. He's going to be physical. He's going to do what it takes, right? Like, like they're mad at Nurkic. Let's go put Jermichael Green. Yep, absolutely. That, you know, like, that's what the, that kind of guy. He's like Otto Porter, you know, a bigger kind of rougher Otto Porter and – Look how much Steve played Otto Porter last season. Like, he's going to play. Like, there's constructions where he does not. You can see where they might not play Jermichael Green if you want to play Wiseman and Kaminga. But you know what? They're playing Wiseman, Kaminga, and Jermichael Green because Jermichael Green is going to play. What else later as you, as you leave? Yeah, no, and he, I mean, he stretches the floor. I mean, if he's hitting the three, that's going to be the big thing. He looked great last night because he's hitting the three. Uh, he didn't hit it in Denver last year. But the other difference between him and Porter Kerr would have loved to play Porter more last year, but they were so careful with Porter's body. Uh, you know, they'd rest him a bunch. They would try to cap his minutes a lot. Jermichael Green does not have, it doesn't seem, those type of issues. Obviously, you don't want to, like, overuse him because he is a little bit more of a veteran, than, at least than their young guys, but he looks, like, spry right now. They're going to play him a lot. <laughs> and if he can hit the three, they're going to play him, like, all the time because he fits with everybody. If he hits a three, he fits with every unit and might be a good way to kind of a good veteran to play alongside Wiseman. I mean, Stur- Kerr has mentioned that. It's that wild day that we didn't know about the punch yet, yet Kerr was talking about kind of going through rotations a little bit. And he kept saying, Jermichael Green can play with Wiseman. Jermichael Green can play with him. Like, like that guy can play with a lot of different people. We're going to see it. And we saw the reasons for it last night. Like the, maybe for the first time this preseason, you really saw Jermichael Green go, okay, that's a valuable player. He's playing, period. Moses Moody last Moses night. Also. Moody, Moses Moody, man, he's got some good. wiggle. I'm seeing Moses do a cross of that. To me, that's that's a pretty big difference. His handle is, he can do something with it. To me, that's Kaminga's problem. He's got to get that handle tighter. But Moses has it. Like he can inside out, he can cross, and he'll end up at the rim. I don't think anybody knew he had this part of his game when he came. I was talking to him about it last night. He's like, no, it's been there. It's just, you know. You got to pull it out when you have the opportunity. Eric Musselman player, man, you know, those guys, they just, they got everything. All those guys got game. He also has the Dwayne Wade, like, fall down seven times. <laughs> Get up eight, baby. Get <laughs> up, gets eight. up eight. Little but, Rock's finest. I mean, he's sneaking those layups in, but, you know, he still remains, you know, from an NBA perspective, like, below the rim. I mean, he can get up and dunk a little bit. He's got more athletic, but he's finding more ways this season to sneak those layups in as he's tumbling over. But, you know, how many times is he falling on the ground and then scattering back up to get down court? We said this a million times. Though. You can just tell, though. He's like, doesn't make dumb mistakes. He just doesn't. Like, like when things are chaotic, they, like, look to get him the ball. When the young guys, I'm saying, you know, not Steph or the other guys, but he's just got something about him that makes you know you think that they've got it more organized when he's on the court i know kerr thinks that and again another guy but we're talking about a lot of guys who you can see getting a ton of minutes like that's what kerr was saying last night before the game when he was a little tense uh, after the game he was fine but before the game and he's just like yeah, we got a lot of guys you know you're gonna be competing they're gonna be competing for minutes we got a lot of guys i don't know you know and you want to know how we can know that they have so many guys because last night they literally rested their top six. Their six best players who are going to gobble up. If you have what two hundred forty minutes in a game, like those six are starters gonna plus Jordan, yeah, a hundred and something of them. So if everybody's healthy, I mean that entire team that played last night is going to combine for like what eighty, 80 minutes, minutes? Uh, yeah, which is insane. You just start looking for minutes, and like there is going to be a crush. You know, it's going to be Kamingo or Wiseman. 
or Jamichael Green or, you know, or Moody. Like there's, it's tight. And even the guards, like the second unit guards, if Jordan's on it and DiVincenzo's on it, Kerr likes to put Clay in that group. Well, then who are you pulling out or are you not playing Moody? Like there's. And he's not going to do the hockey subs either, right? Like that's no, no. no. He's going to mix. He's going to mix them. So basically, guys are going to play with the first and second units. There will be a second unit, and he does like to have that to start the second and the fourth. But like, there's going to be tight minutes for everybody, and that's in a preseason where a lot of vets didn't play ton minutes, and we were seeing it already. We're definitely going to see it in the regular season. All right, I'm hopping. I'm gonna let y'all wrap up. We'll just end it now. We're good. We're good. are we doing an episode before ring night? We get we getting one more in. I think so. Or do you want to do it off a of ring night? We, we can do either way. Either way. Yeah, I mean we can even make it an eighty-two Friday or something. I don't know. You're, here, you're hearing the inner workings here of uh, plus minus here. We'll do something Friday after the game. Let's do something Friday after the game. Yeah, because you know they might have be a pretty big game. Lineup yeah, Friday. and it'll be Draymond. You know, the, the response to Draymond, the response to Jordan. Clay, very... first time seeing Clay in the preseason. Yeah, when, what's that big... locker room going to be like? That'll be interesting. So we'll see. All right, we are out of here. Until next time.